your mistakes are your own. Like, deal with it. This sounds like emotional Jenga. It is. Well, and that's literally because I feel like that's what real life kind of is. Is like you don't know what to say to someone sometimes, and you're like, do they need tough love or do they just need to like hear yeah. something? And you never know how it's going to land. It's only like your how it how it affects you. Most of the time, you hear something and you're like, whatever that means. Like, but then. You're like, Pitcast mid July. Uh, this is mid July 2020. Uh, still broadcasting deep from the quarantine. Uh, we just finished recently wrapping up our third in the quarantine cup series, uh, Q Cup three. And um, this time we ran it a little differently. Um, and I am going to, I'm very happy to have, uh, the guys that finished in our final four on with us. So, uh, from left to right, my left to right, we have Lorraine Elliman. How's it going? David Velasco. What's up? Nick Rohr. Thank you. And Tim Barron. All right. So all of you guys were uh, the top four. Um, and then we'll, I want to pick your brain and just kind of turn it over to you guys and, and let you go through your experiences in the, in the uh, Q cup top four. Uh, but first, how about we set up what was different about this Q cup from the other ones? I don't know, David, why don't you start? <laughs> I'm yeah, looking sure. at you. <laughs> um, so uh, the biggest difference we had was a change in our formats. So rather than playing traditional old school, 93, 94 and middle school, uh, we swapped that out for the uh, Swedish 93, 94 with scrines as our first batch and then uh, classic as our second batch. So kind of an expanded pool uh, in both respects. Um, definitely some interesting changes to how like people built decks for this whole thing. Um, and just like a nice change, honestly, in, in pace for us a little bit. Had you done any of the, um, have you played any tr- scryings before or not? No, I played no scryings, no classic before this. So this was all very brand new to me. Yeah. Had anybody here played any scryings? No. No, I tried a little bit of it. We did a little round robin um, early spring and it was pretty fun. Um, there's like just enough different flavor to kind of juice up the, the old school set, but it still feels pretty old school. Like for sure. Um, David, we, we did some testing. Why don't you explain how your deck, how your deck fared? Yeah. Um, so I ended up going after all of our quarterfinal or semifinal final stuff, uh, four and two overall. Uh, my only two losses in that part were actually DeLorean, um, both at the very beginning and the end. So kind of Lorian was my end caps. Yeah. Um, I was playing a bug twiddle berserk vault deck. So kind of taking the idea of how busted time vault and twiddle is in classic, uh, namely because recalls unrestricted time vaults unrestricted. Um, you get access to Emerald charm on top of twiddle. Um, 
but I like playing creature decks and I like playing Berserk a lot. Uh, so I kind of melded those two ideas together uh, to make my deck. And what I liked about it was that I was able to actually um, take a lot of my games just without even hitting the combo because I was still able to play relatively aggressively with creatures. I was playing obviously with power and with you know faster mana and that yeah. made a big difference. But also Emerald Charm and Twiddle ended up being really interesting combo pieces for um, not combo, but like just for like combat tricks and just kind of buying me turns throughout uh, where I normally wouldn't have that kind of access in like the traditional like just green black shells that I play in old school. Did you ever use that uh, third ability on Emerald Charm, the knock a creature <laughs> down to the ground? I, I sadly never had a chance to. Um, the green earth mind? Really badly. <laughs> my my dream there was just to um, do that to like a Serendip and be able to block it with like a Nettletooth or a Darelore or something, but or a Sarah. I never got the opportunity. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. When we test I, that, uh, oh, go ahead. My, my, so I, my, my thing is like I wish that it was just legal through visions or weatherlight or something. I never understood why. Sure. And bringing this up with some, they were like, "Well, it's because you know certain cards like force of will." I'm like, "Yeah, you're right. Let's also unrestrict recall while we're <laughs> at it." Like, if, like what the fuck? <laughs> like, I just. That made no sense. It was like the reason that the, we don't just legalize everything is that we'd have force of will. Let's also unrestrict recall. Like, <laughs> like, yeah, I don't understand that basis. Did you run into any, uh, did you run into that problem? Any multiple well, recall decks, against, total uh, vault against, specials? Which is why I brought it up. Just, just against, uh, just against David, at least that I ran into, but yeah. even then it was like, I'd forget. And I remember like him even like, maybe I just had like a, a pause of like, what? Because like I remember a recall happening, getting stuff back later. Another recall, and I'm like, wait a minute, doesn't like recall exile itself? And it's like, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's unrestricted. I'm like, yeah. oh yeah, of course, it's it's of course it's unrestricted. <laughs> Is that standard in Swedish now? Unrestricted recall? Yeah, it's been that yeah. way for a couple of years, I think. Now. Oh, so Scrying just builds on there, so that makes mm-hmm. more sense. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. one, it's a one strip mine format as well. Yeah. Yeah, I played with unrestricted recall, but four strip mines at that event in uh, Seattle last year, mm. and it it was insane. It was gross because it's just like you have so many strip mines when you have unrestricted recalls too. <laughs> you're just you're you're blowing up like three strips at least per game. Jesus, or you're using three strips at least per game. Magic doesn't have to be fun. No, <laughs> no, it doesn't have to be. No one guaranteed you fun. Like that's your problem. Tim, what did, could you play or explain what you played for Scryings? You beat me in the batch one. Yeah. So I spent most of my time building my classic deck. So my Scryings deck was a bit of a lazy. I just took the old school deck that I was playing at the time, which was red, white, blue, <laughs> and then just looked for cool cards to add, which I only picked three which was uh, Wildfire Emissary, yeah. Grinning Totem, <laughs> and yep. Dwarven Miner. Yeah. But you did, you did play four Wildfire Emissary main, right? Yeah, four Wildfire Emissary main. That was one of my favorite cards like in high school because the common three creature removal spells were Swords, Lightning Bolt, and Terror. And mm. the fact... The fact that it's immune to swords and it takes the first bolt just fine, just it gives it that nice protection. And then also late game, it you know it pumps, so it's just pretty good overall. I thought. 
the only problem I had with it was just the amount of mana it required. Uh, How often did like, you get to fire a grinning totem? Like, did you get to use that? I got to use it a lot. And did grinning, you get to me? Could you explain? Could you great. set up what grinning totem does real quick? So grinning totem. <laughs> that was yeah. a chase rare, by the way. <laughs> it was. Yeah, that yeah. was a chase rare. From Visions, right? Yeah, from, yeah. From Visions. Um, Mirage. Oh, from Mirage. Okay. So, oh, yeah, sorry, but yeah. But, yeah. So it's a four mana artifact for two and sack it. You get to look through your opponent's deck, exile one of those cards, and then you have until your next upkeep to cast that card. You do have to use your own mana, which is why I went up to four Felwar stones in the deck. <laughs> and just take an ancestral, take, I think I took time walk a lot. I played versus Shane. And I had a clock on the board, so I was just scared of him combo killing me. So I just left all my mana up, and then I went and got his own counterspell to counterspell his thing. That's brutal. Uh, <laughs> I got to kill Nick uh, with his psionic blast one game. That was pretty fun. Uh, yeah, Gurning Totem was great. I mean, it's a lot of mana invested. I mean... What's it, a four drop? Yeah, so even if you Ancestral, yeah. it, you still spent seven mana. But yeah, it's pretty fun. Uh, I know versus Lorian, he had a problematic energy flux down, so I just busted that out, grabbed his disenchant, disenchanted his own flux a bit. That was a sweet play. I, I had a blast with Green Totem. Dwarven Miner was not very good. Mm. It was, I had high expectations for it. I figured it'd be super annoying, and like people would just concede to it and just get it out right away, but it's so slow. So that I was will say, I did get a little wrecked by it. Um, who was playing it? Dang it. Who was I playing against? Somebody did have it. It wasn't, you didn't activate it much against me, but I did run into it again. Ugh. Now I'm blanking on it. But it, it's not, yeah, it is slow though. I'll give you that. Yeah, it has potential, but I think I've ordered it out for almost everyone. Is he a two drop, one and a red? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you get that fast mana. You play, you know, a mox and a mountain or whatever. You get him out on turn one, turn two, land drop, and you're off to the races with your stone reins. Yeah. He is great at theory crafting. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> when you're actually playing you, the game. Yeah, when you draw him on turn eight, it sucks. <laughs> um, what was Lorian? I never even saw your deck. Did you go four zero in the scryings? No, I went two and two. Oh, wow. Yeah, I lost to... Um, Name redacted. He yeah. was on Pegasus Control in three games. Mr. Punts. Yeah, right. <laughs> Mr. P Sorry, uh, that's supposed to use his real name. Name redacted, Mr. Punts. <laughs> <laughs> and then I got absolutely obliterated by uh, Raja's con um, combo deck, which I think I was his only win. Like, he just had... Uh, kind of had the nuts... <laughs> I punted one game because I Armageddoned with the uh, Order of Light Bear up, and I thought it would go the distance, but um, what he had Chains of Mephistopheles and a Howling Mine out, and so he decked me like oh. a turn or two before <laughs> that is rotten. I could I could finish him off, but it was like, like it was such a long. It took such a long. We literally did nothing else after that. I, I had like thirty cards left in my deck, and I just attacked every turn with the two one. Uh, and it was so many turns that I didn't think to like try to count out my deck. Play, playing against I played against Raja, and I'll say 
not just exclusive to that game, but any game I've ever played in with chains of Mephistopheles, it's impossible to play against that deck without someone saying, all right, so, <laughs> yep. you know, like it's always like, okay, hold on. Um, okay. Uh, <laughs> what happens here? Yeah, there was, there was once many, many years ago, I was at a legacy tournament, I think at Nerd Rage, and they were trying to do a judge call where someone had a Sylvan library, a Chains of Mephistopheles on the other side, and they were trying to dredge a life in the loam as one of their draws and trying to figure out how that all pieced together with like draw replacements and chains and just, it, it seemed like a complete nightmare. But, yeah, that's yeah. really... <laughs> Yeah, that's why I don't know how that works, but if I had to guess, Dredge wins. Dredge is usually a pretty good place to be at, yeah. Dredge yeah. usually wins things. That's why I like my my fake version of Chains that has the flow chart, the decision tree flow chart. <laughs> <Yeah>. If then, <laughs> if this, if yes to this, then do this. If no, then do that. It helps me work through that stuff. Yeah, that's one of the few cards that I faced where I was kind of like, I'm just going to completely trust you with what you say because I don't really get it what's going on right now you know i usually usually do not feel that way but chains is a hell of a card well i get i figured it out by the end of the game like this sort of pattern that it's set up but yeah yeah i was on uh basic i took the tim approach of uh, scrying's deck building i spent a lot of time on my classic deck and so i basically just altered my uh blue white splash black old school deck to incorporate tithe um, so I was playing Tithe, so I had basically all Ooh. planes, dual lands, except for the cities, oh, and a few basics as well. Uh, played the fourth color for Sylvan Library, because Sylvan is very good with Tithe. Um, and then, yeah, added a couple orders. That's, I, I liked it, it was okay. I wasn't surprised it went 2-2. I was more surprised that I managed to win the uh, semifinals and finals with it. So, so Tithe is letting you get any planes, not a basic planes. Exactly, yeah. And if they it. have more lands than you, then you get two. Uh, so at first I tried to build something with like multiple recalls because I was like, oh, I'll be getting all these extra lands. Uh, but what I generally found was I just would rather have regrowth just to get the one of just two mana flat, get my, back my best card from my, uh, from mm -hmm. my graveyard and go from there. Played a couple Armageddons because I figured... That's the great way to take care of other people's lands, you know, because there's only one strip. So it's a way to kill library, a way to kill factories. I didn't play any factories myself for that reason. Did anybody uh, have the frustrating experience of just getting library, a turn one library dropped on them? Yeah, I think, Lorian, in our, our last game, you had a turn one library, yeah? Yes, yep. He, yeah, so I won game one, and then he was on the play game two. And I had a library as my only land, but I kept the seven because it's a, it's a, I would yeah. never do that with like, you know, a no. four strip format, but exactly. But in one yeah, that, why not? It just completely dominated the game. It just oh, yeah. was completely out of control. It doesn't take too many of those to make you appreciate uh, the four, the, the extra strip lines. I mean, what we found is just kind of like a lot of the times our games came down to who drew the most restricted cards and how frequently did you draw those things? Or like, did you draw a regrowth for your restricted cards? Yeah, we haven't even gotten to classic yet. <laughs> <laughs> so like, what were, what were y'all's kind of takeaway thoughts on the scryings format? I know that there was kind of a lot of chit chat when it was coming out, you know, 
the cards were kind of leaked over a period of time. And there was a lot of discussion of, you know, what do these cards help? What do they hinder? What's left out? You know, should X, Y, Z been put in there, whatever. But now that you've had a chance to play it in a pseudo competitive environment, what'd you think? Who wants to I start? Like, I, like I, did, I played before Tide. I love Tide. I thought that was like, that card's baller. Like, <laughs> with all the duels and stuff. Like, yeah, man. That just, that makes, that's like a whole new deck right there, but still like a shell. Because I went with like, if, if Lorian went, I didn't, what was your list? You were doing Tide, but like Control, I guess, more so? Uh, it was like mid-range, like just playing four, four Lions, Saren Dib, Sarah Angels, a couple Orders, and then just like all of the best white cards and then restricted cards, okay. basically. Yeah, like I, I ended up going like Tide, but because I just had Disco together, I wanted to do that, so I could always grab a Scrubland and have like a Sedge Troll active and stuff and have the discs, but always just like... I, I mean, I just like Tide because even if you're not behind on land, it's still like end of your turn... I'm going to go fetch like an, a good color I need, you know, and like have that land next turn. Like it's still a great one, like a one drop play, you know? Yeah. That's some cool mana fixing. I didn't realize I'd, I'd forgotten or never knew in the first place that it let you grab any planes. Like it lets you get a yeah. duel, like a fetch land. That's amazing. And if you're behind even like one land, like mana or like land tags, you get a second one. So it's yeah. just like, <laughs> if you're on the draw, the card is nuts. Like, it's just like, oh, it's, it's a thing of beauty, really. <laughs> yeah, I, I would agree. Like, I think I played just you and uh, Lori and Nick were the two I played who had Tithe, and every game it was either cast or, like, very useful for at least getting, like, your mana, like, on point every single time to be able to actually cast everything that you want to fairly easily. Um, I think there were definitely some standout cards in Scryings that... Um, I would love to see as maybe even like something that like EC could incorporate. But um, I also know that like, you know, part of that is that like, because we cover all of fallen empires, um, there would be some overlap in there. Um, So things like, I know Daryl was a card that just happened to be (laughs) in scrying, which worked out well for me because I love Daryl. Yeah. Um, But I mean, on top of that, I think the charms, especially were like some of my favorite things. Uh, I've played Emerald charm in mine. I really enjoyed playing Emerald charm just overall just giving green access to yeah. um, any sort of like dis- disenchant effect uh other than like what i mean i think i've been playing like tranquility in old school for forever and it's hard that's hard it's it's not great but emerald charm is awesome and it's really nice against things like underworld dreams and moat and stuff like that it's it's just lovely and it just does everything that i wanted to so um yeah tranquility that w- always sucks always are probably playing sylvan library if you're playing green right Mm-hmm. So like you gotta usually I don't know always but you might lose something important exactly. So do you want to roll on to the classic portion then? Sure. Yeah, let's do it. So let's set up uh, briefly. Set up what classic is. It, I I kind of think of it as old school plus middle school, but with a restricted list in the middle school pool. Is that a fair way to describe it? You think? Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's it's what it's everything through O three. Yeah, through Scourge. Roughly, yeah. Through Scourge. Everything old bordered, basically. Yeah, and then a lot of that just powerful mid uh, middle school era stuff, quote unquote, uh, is just restricted. So, mm-hmm. you know, um, Mind's Desire, uh, Necropotence, 
Um, I don't know why I started with Mind's Desire. <laughs> I was thinking of Storm shit. Uh, you know, Necro, Bargain, Will, all that good stuff. Um, and so let's run through uh, what you guys all played. Uh, and I, I will not even bother with my zero and four lists. So <laughs> let's, let's stick to the winner's circle here. Uh, David, why don't you kick it off? Yeah, um, so I decided to play Red Green Goblin Chain, which is goblins with food chain. Um, and oh, yeah. I wish I would have played against you that. Namely, I think the most important part of that deck is the fact that Goblin Recruiter is unrestricted in this format. So you get to play four of them, and it's kind of just a nightmare. Um, I I had a game against um, Mr. Punts. Um, it's actually game three, and I had mold the five on the play. The opener I ended up keeping was Black Lotus, Taiga, uh, Goblin Lackey, Goblin Warchief, Goblin Recruiter, and uh, Matt didn't have the force, so I literally dumped my whole hand and then stacked Siege Games on top of my deck, so that the next turn, if my Lackey went unchecked, I was just <laughs> ruining him. <laughs> well, it couldn't happen to a more deserving opponent. We we played one of our games on a, like a Monday morning at 9 a.m., <laughs> And like my, my deck was horrible. It just didn't work as well as I hoped it would. And like, there was a point where, uh, and I I didn't have any blue. That was the problem. That was the big decision making problem right there. So there was a, there was a point at like one of the end steps where like he had gone like ancestral, um, AK, another AK, uh, and he had just drawn like nine cards on my end step or something like that. And like, it was taking forever. And like, I was getting pinged with like work emails. So I'm like shifting back and forth over to here to like, you know, type on my laptop. I'm like, he's like, yeah, I'll do another AK and draw four. I'm like, yeah, man, that's fine. Whatever. I'm just like (laughs) trying to see like, if I have a work responsibility, I have to take care of it. Eventually I'm like, Hey man, I think I'm done. (laughs) Cause he had drawn like nine or 10 cards. I'm like, I don't think I'm going to win this one, dude. But uh, anywho, uh, so the how did your Gabos deck do? Was it a 4-0 or a 3-1? It was a 3-1. My one loss was actually to Tim, just because he was playing a little bit faster than me. Mm. Um, Storm is pretty good at doing that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, for being a non-blue deck, um, I know um, Finney was playing like Goblins with like all the blue restricted cards. Um, he had similar results, but um, I felt like sticking to red-green, being very like consistent on just you know, trying to do the same thing over and over again, it was ended up being a very fast deck and a very resilient deck, um, especially like sticking things like pile drivers or um, just having lackeys active at all um, in a format that seemed to be less focused on the creatures and more on just doing really absurdly broken things with like either a combo or something else that's not necessarily creature-based. Um, I kind of got to go under a lot of people pretty quickly. Mm. So did you have to mull a lot to get a killer hand? Um, yes and no. Um, I'll say when I was playing against um, Mr. Punce, um, my winning hands were moles to four and moles to five. <laughs> so, I mean, so it, it moles well. I'll say that one. Yeah. It, it's like I can I can afford to mull down, but, I mean, at the same time, I kept some pretty, you know, decent hands on, like, sevens and sixes that, you know, maybe weren't as fast, but they still get the job done, you know? Yeah. So Tim, you were the bad guy on Storm. Yeah, this was uh, just classic tendrils win con. Yeah, I was. I tried to initially make a memory jar copy artifact Negro deck. This was this was like an old deck, 
I think it was before Jar was restricted. So mm-hmm. I know Jar is restricted here, but you would play four Jars and four copy artifacts, and then you try to get like a Mephrim or two down, and then just activate multiple Jars and just get him for like 70 with Mephrim. But turns out with Jar restricted, it was just, it wasn't really working. And what was working as a deck was Tendrils. So I just swapped, yeah. <laughs> I just swapped to playing Storm. <laughs> Uh, and and, it, and it, it turned out all right. I went 2-2. Gotcha. So what'd you lose to then? Uh, mainly Force of Will. Yeah I, think, yeah. I think I'm a bit high on mana sources, which was turned out great versus uh, David. Because without Force of Will, I just needed one action card to get him. But versus Force of Will cards, they, they were pretty brutal. I had I had a few games where they I just get something forced and just kind of sit there and draw a dark ritual. Yeah. So could probably use some tinkering, but it was pretty fun. Um, the other storm deck that I knew about was uh, Rajas, which was more of the high tide style storm deck, and he blew me out with a brain freeze in one game. Uh, was were there anybody? Was anybody else on storm, or was it just you two guys? I think it was just you two. I'm not sure. And, and I, oh, go ahead. I, it seemed like a diverse format. I yeah. Didn't, like yeah. every deck I saw, it looked kind of different. It was somebody's own kind of unique take on what, on all the restricted cards they wanted to play with. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was a smaller field this time too. I guess we didn't set that up at the top of the discussion, but it was what? 14 players, 16 players. Like 14 14 yeah a little bit smaller field than than in the past ones but you know sh- shit's getting weirder <laughs> as we go on so you get down to the hardest and the gnarliest i will say i did not really like classic um compared to middle school or old school i felt like because a complaint being well why not just legalize you know everything i've seen before scryings they handpicked cards because it, you know, changes the format too much. I still felt like, oh, there are some like really powerful middle school cards, but I'm still playing against like people's old school decks. And I mean, that being said, I played my middle school deck strictly. I didn't even run power um, or dual lands, um, and I still went three ones. <laughs> yeah, set up. Tell us what you had in there. So I was playing, um, which I haven't seen. It has a title for the deck um i've seen it called life which i think is stupid because that's a dumb title for a deck um but it's the uh the nomads it's just basically nomads in court or shaman in court um to redirect damage to their spiritualist who will give a cleric plus zero plus two uh whenever a cleric you know becomes target spell or ability so you just redirect however many times you want and then sacrifice it to worthy cause, animal boneyard, or scarlet sanctum. So you get a ton of life, and then you get by yourself time, like a big shield, to then get a uh, test of endurance into play and then win on your upkeep for having an excess of 50 life. Yeah, you got me in one of our games where I needed like one more turn to get a, a Pebbles combo piece in play. Okay, with and our- I'm, and like I, there was some. I said something like, "Well, I'll get you next turn," and, and, or something like that. And then you're like, "Well, there isn't going to be a next turn." And then you did the test. <laughs> <of endurance>. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, "Oh, well, I guess the game's over. <laughs> I guess the match is over." 
it's weird. It's a weird deck because I figured it would work because who's going to be playing removal? Like all my guys are just little dudes and they're so fragile. And the best part is any creature, the only creature removal I could think of that you would even play might be like Mastercore, which did come up when somebody had a Mastercore and it was like, you can target my spiritualist, but he gets plus zero plus two just by targeting him. Do you want to do that? Like you're just going <laughs> to spend mana for him to not die. Like, and uh, yeah. And then he can block pretty favorably too. I can give him infinite toughness to just block. So it's a weird deck. I look at that. Like it's fun though. It's really, really fun. I recommend it. It is surprisingly expensive because of the Academy Rectors. Mm-hmm. Um, and the survival of the fittest if you go that way but Jayco is saying at least when I posted that in the middle school thread that that isn't necessarily it isn't necessary the survivals aren't but I was trying it for now because the best part about that deck is you have so many tutors you have like Living Wish to get the ones out of the board because Starlet Sanctum is the land or any of the combo pieces or creatures you have all these opportunities um, to grab them. I mean, you have Worldly Tutor, you have uh, Eladamry's Call, you have all these, uh, and then Survival, if you go that route. You have so many ways to get your dudes. And even like Academy Rector's a cleric, so you can sacrifice him to a Starlit Sanctum to get yeah. Test of Endurance into play. So like, that just has so many ways of just like yeah. gearing into, like, and I just love it because it's not a combo that if the combo fails, the deck flops. It's like, I'll try to do it. If you interrupt it, I have a hundred ways to get a piece back and try it again. Yeah. So you have, you can literally destroy all my options, which is a lot of effort. Or it's like, I'm going to destroy that guy. All right, I'll try it again next turn. Like, whoop. (laughs) That's a bummer. So I recommend it to everyone out there. (laughs) Recommend a bummer. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So, Lorraine, I guess that just leaves you. Why don't you uh, tell us about your gnarly ass deck? Yeah, so it's a uh, Devourer, Phyrexian Devourer combo that uses either Altar of Dementia uh, or Fling to deck someone or deal lethal damage to them right away. Because Devourer, the way that the uh, it's eroded is that you can just keep putting counters on it and counters on it until it gets big enough. Uh, so yeah, I wanted to play a combo deck with Tinker. I wanted to play like a fast combo deck, and that was the only one that I could figure out. Uh, it's actually a pre... Devour is a pre-modern deck that's running around right now, so that's where I mm. uh, kind of connected the pieces. And Tinker was un- is unrestricted for Classic as well. Right, so Tinker's unrestricted and Mana Drain is unrestricted, so yeah. I wanted to play a four Tinker, four Mana Drain deck. Yeah. That also lets you play four Force of Will, which that's all pretty good. Four Brainstorm because... Four Brainstorm, <laughs> yep. All the restricted cards, Imperial Seal, Mystical Tutor, uh, Merchant Scroll, just all that shit. Uh, yeah. Black for things like Vampiric Tutor, Yagmoth's Will. Yeah. Yeah, that, that combo is insanely fast. I think you got me in turn two in one of our games. With yeah, that. I actually had, um, over the four matches that I played, I got two turn one combos. And then Bob Force of Willed at one time. Uh, and the other time, I think I was playing Shane and he had Mulligan and didn't have the Force of Will in hand. Mm-hmm. So like I was on the play and went turn one. Uh, it's like, I think you need a black Lotus pretty much, but you, if you have like, um, some kind of artifact to get altar of dimension play, and then you, 
uh, Black Lotus sacking that artifact like some kind of mana rock to get the Devourer, then you're you just deck your opponent on turn one. They're just dead. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, unrestricted tinker seems weird to me. I mean, I I guess uh, there wasn't anybody besides me who really took advantage and had a good record, but it seems weird. Well, some of that thinking is probably because time vault is nerfed a little bit, right? It, because it, it, it uses yeah. the, it uses the time vault counter. So you can't just go mm-hmm. infinite as you, you, you can't go infinite at all with it. No, you can't, you have to put specific time vault counters on it and you can't just like untap it. Uh, just any other way. It has to be by yeah. using that ability. Yeah. Yeah. Does anybody know the history of that particular errata or not? Yeah, I, that's that's like a little gap in my knowledge. I think it actually was officially eroded that way for a, a period of time, but I just don't. I mean, I'm sure it ties in with the classic era, right? That it, mm-hmm. that makes sense, but um, yeah, because if I was probably I probably wasn't the only person with a big brain thinking, "Oh shit, I should play Time Vault Combo." That I read it, and I've Lorian brought it up, and I'm like, "Well, maybe I'll just play it anyways and see if I can see if I can angle." <laughs> <laughs> i'm glad you didn't that was a it's unfortunate you went out for but uh yeah no it, <laughs> i was close i mean like and i mean i don't want to dwell too much on the brew but it was a it was a mardu pebbles list uh, it was i was trying to take like cocoa pebbles and make it more powerful with like you know will and bargain um but it just didn't have blue cards <laughs> right so if i mold or it got interrupted trying to put a three card combo together. I just didn't have enough way to get back into the game. So, you know, that's all right. You can't make an omelet without breaking a couple eggs. And I broke four eggs on my way to an 04 <laughs> in that one. That's what kind of an omelet. Yeah. Well, against Roar, I got Necro locked in games two and three. And that's oh, Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, that was a bummer. But it's like it's a three card combo. You can just shit the bed and have have, have like your two enduring renewals on the bottom of the deck. You know. Oh man, that reminds me of one of our games, Moss. You uh, you play Necro, drop to seven, and on my turn I have absolutely nothing going on. But like I play a land that I have two lands in play, and I have a mind twist in hand. <laughs> oh god, that was tilting. That was game two, I think. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like. All right, well, I'm probably, you know, like six out of seven times I'm going to lose this game. But if he only has one combo piece and I can hit it with Mind Twist, like that's my out. So I did it. We, uh, I rolled the die. He shuffled his cards. I rolled the die and I hit his uh, Enduring Renewal. Or no, no, it was a Rector. Yeah. He was yeah. a Rector and you had the Cabal Therapy in yes, your graveyard. And, yeah. To flash it back to put something in play. Yeah. No, it was that kind of event for me. I was getting tilted a lot. Mm-hmm. Necro locked, getting balled by a mind twist for one, a few moles to four and five. Yep. <laughs> um, so like classic, is it something you guys would want to try again? Would you in a in an alternate universe, an alternate past prior perfect universe, would we like want to do uh Lord's Meetup doing classic and doing like six or seven rounds of it in person? You know, is it something that's just kind of Hey, we're all kind of losing our minds in quarantine, so it's fine for that. Or I don't know, is it worth revisiting? I think scrying is worth revisiting. I had a lot of fun with that. Yeah, I don't like the pool of classic. I like middle school being middle school, old school being old school. For some, that's just me. I only did it one event. I would do it again if we all did it. 
but I yeah. did not really enjoy the card pool of classic. Well, you also didn't play a classic deck. You played a middle school deck in a classic. That, right. <laughs> like, I, I did in person, but what I, the decks I was looking at, I mean, thinking about seeing the deck list as they came out and everything, they just felt like old school decks. Like it felt, I don't even know how to explain it. This is such an absurd thing to say, but it felt so anachronistic. Like old school to me is just so pristine and flawed and beautiful the way it is. And middle school is so kind of flawed and beautiful for what it is. But I love middle school because of its pool being like fourth edition on. Like it's mana bases being a little tricky. It's like it it it, it is wonderful for what it is. When you put them all together, it's it's sort of like I don't know. It feels like a bastardized version of both. See, for, yeah, it doesn't feel like a nice, unique format. It feels like you're going over to some weird dude's house and he's like, all right, we're going to play vintage 2003 era with these special house rules. Yeah. Right. That's what That's I'm yeah. Basically what it is, though. Yeah. Yeah, you're going over to Jayco's house. Because <laughs> even though Scrying's is sort of like that, with like arbitrary, like these cards are allowed. It was still nice. Like I didn't use falling glaciers, but I love knowing it was there. I didn't use certain cards, but I was just kind of like, this is like nice little spice. Like this is a nice, I don't know. And in old school, as like as as flawed as it is, I love when we do old school. Old school is such a fun. Like, what brew are you doing? In middle school, I've been loving that. But but yeah, like 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 you're saying, Laurie, I something about it feels just kind of like we can only play up through scourge. Vintage with some other rules. <laughs> <laughs> See, I, I mean, oh, go ahead, I, David. I feel like, in the same way that we enjoy playing '95, I can see why Scrying is kind of like a similar sort of idea, where it's it's a break from old school, but it's not so far out that it's you know a completely different format. But it does encourage you to think differently about the decks you're building and think differently about the cards that you're playing. Um, and what I liked about um, Scrying specifically is there were a handful of cards. Um, I had really never even thought about, but I was just kind of scrolling through the spoiler, trying to figure out, you know, what might make sense in my deck, what might be a cool card to play. And again, like the cards that I ended up picking were the ones that happened to be really just stellar cards in the tournament for me. And, um, really like it was, it didn't feel so far away from like the kind of style that I play in old school anyway, but it was nice to have those changes. It was nice to have something like a little bit to shake it up. Um, and I think with classic, um, I feel like classic definitely is a format where you have to be playing power and most of the time you should be playing blue. I mean, obviously Nick and I are kind of like an exception there where we were playing non-blue decks and did, you know, relatively well, but I feel like the power ends up being really, really important. A lot what, did of the I lose to, what I did lose to, to that point in classic, when I was playing green, white, I lost to Greg who was going, he was scrubbing out. He was telling me, but he rolled me because he was playing blue with like force of will and shit, you know? So like I would try to combo out and he just counter it, play an exalted angel and beat my ass, which props to Greg, great deck, but even a guy who's not doing well, it's like, well, but I am counter spell. I'm running counter spells. So yeah, sorry. <laughs> Damn it. My only, I would also like to point out for scryings because I forgot to mention it when I, when I was playing with Ty, uh, outpost should not be overlooked. That is like the best card. Keldoran Outpost. Yeah, Keldoran Outpost without four strip mines floating around. Yeah. It's just value city with tide. It's amazing. It's a beautiful, like, two cards that you get. Like, But you can't get it with tithe, can you? It's not a planes. You can't get it, but I mean, you play a land turn one, they go. You like, I mean, again, this was like yeah. 
it's set up, but it's not a guardian. If you're on the draw, they play a land pass. You play a planes or what? Some kind of light duel. They play their second land. You tie, grab another one. Your turn. Tap for mana. Outpost. Sacrifice that land. Tap the outpost from it. You could drop a food drop like a Sylvan Library, and you're still at one land. You could tie again. Yeah. Oh, I think Roar got too excited. He broke up there at the end. Nick, Nick is like, oh, I think Nick is like one of the joke. biggest advocates of, of Outpost because I've seen you play that in middle before. I mean, you clearly love it yeah. in Scribes, but I'm, I'm pretty sure you balanced me after you played an Outpost one of our games, which was just really oh. brutal and rude. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. That is rude. But. <laughs> <laughs> Delightfully rude. I, I guess, so like, it's interesting, Nick, that you compared it, classic that is, to old school, because like I, th- playing, like running into so many blue, it felt, to me, it felt more legacy-like, where it was like, I try to do something, and then it's, with that on the stack, I'll brainstorm force of will. And that happened to me like a lot. And I'm like, God damn it, this fucking sucks. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. I mean, I don't play Legacy for a reason. That's probably one of them. <laughs> and so to have that play pattern feature heavily in, in my series of games, um, I mean, like, I get it. If I were playing Blue, I'd play those cards. So I'm not shitting on the decision, but it's just like, eh, I don't know. And then you throw in the fetches along with it. So I agree. Classic sucks. <laughs> I agree. Classic sucks. No portion. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm not shit. I mean, I would try it again. I would just play blue. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Actually, I have a question, Moss. I don't know if you're normally involved. I feel like you are. I thought it was really good. Um, for Fall Brawl, is that... I'm guessing we're probably not going to go for that this year. Um, I doubt it. You know, I uh, doubt but it. Would that be like an online thing or something we could do? Is like a, you know, try to see if people want to do that, like a 95? Because 95 is always like my personal favorite, so. Yeah, I mean, I hadn't really given that much thought because it's like October seems like it's yeah, it's fine. it's fine. a year away. You know what I mean, or whatever November. I mean, we could certainly try it. I don't know. Does anybody? And this is we're kind of getting off the off the quarantine cup topic. But has anybody done any of the single day online events? Um, Meaning you're so playing like six rounds in one day. Lori and I both played the the TSI event for middle school a month or so ago. Yeah. Yeah, it was really fun. It was, yeah, yeah, I played in one of those too. I, I thought it was kind of a grind. The, the, I mean, it was it was well run. It was everybody was cool, but you're like you're just hanging around. You're hanging out around your computer in your office or laptop or whatever, um, just all day long. And it's like kind of you don't have that downtime to like go get a smoke or have a drink or chat with somebody or trade or gossip or shoot the shit or you know rip on somebody's physique or you know whatever. <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, the games are fun, for sure. Like, all my opponents were awesome. Yeah. I, I enjoyed the games, but yeah, it, like, it almost reminded me of, like, old tournaments where it's, like, I had that, like, 10-minute period where I ran to go eat something crappy in my kitchen and came back upstairs and, and tried to get to my pairings in time. Yeah. It's, like, well, it's just, like, running to the crappy vendor at the convention center, except there's less dude sweat in here. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I don't know, Roar, if we would do, uh, like, a an all-day fall brawl substitute oh not an all day one for sure i like these like give us give people time to coordinate yeah i like i like the batches a lot because it just gives you that flexibility over a 10-day window or whatever week-long window to set it up yeah i'm I'm worried about kubate for that reason like i don't know how many people are going to show up to that online event 
But if it's 40 or 50 people, that's going to be a long day. That's a grind. It's yeah. a grind. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to sadly miss that just because I have a, a band obligation, <laughs> knock on wood. Uh, but uh, yeah, you'll have to defend the club in, uh, for me, Lorian. Okay. And then save me the shipping costs of having to send that. <laughs> so I can just walk it down to you. Well, so speaking of uh, championships here, why don't we cover like the, the top four? So as again, as I said, kind of at the top here, um, you four guys were all the top four. Technically, Mr. Punts uh, won the two batches because he was at seven and one, but he had a conflict. <clears throat> so he had to drop out um, and then let you guys at the four through five spots play in the top four. Um, so how about we kind of go through what happened in your matches just briefly, uh, you guys for the top four had to run back your scryings list. And, um, so how about, uh, David and Nick, why don't you just give me a, just a quick recap on your final four match? Sure. Um, it was kind of like a, a beat down. Um, like David's list is like, okay. I mean, it is so good because I like doesn't really look like on paper I wasn't like that's not super threatening but like that four toughness like is you know I couldn't bolt like anything in this deck because mm-hmm. um, what like you have like you have Daryl Lord you have Serendib free right yeah it's, it's Nettle to Serendib and, and uh, Daryl Lord yep yeah, so like I couldn't bolt anything in that list. And other than bolts, I did have swords, like I had balance, I had disc, but a lot of like like disc itself kind of come to answer to that. Like I I wasn't really gonna be able and even then like my sedge trolls wouldn't do wouldn't remove them with just like be walls I had to leave mana open to regenerate. Like mm-hmm. so I was kind of like on the like I was kind of on the back foot like the whole time just like waiting for an answer while it's just kind of like fresh you're coming in every turn so aside from time vault and that shenanigans but yeah like way more than my deck can handle it's fun i think our our, our semis we i didn't actually see a time vault throughout our semis until like i think well, the last time but i mean knowing that it yeah. existed exactly i mean nick and i had played i think early on into batch one and uh i think our game three especially kind of highlighted um just you know how easily i could kind of combo off um, I think by the end of it, I had run for about six turns and I was able to like recall time twister a couple of times and Nick was tapped out. So I could so just kind just of freely just redraw cards and just recur stuff. Um, in our semis, um, I took game one with just double berserk because that's just what I do to people. Um, <laughs> but our game two was interesting. Um, and this was one where um, I really thought about, you know, the, the decision between picking Urnum which I'm very used to and that I love playing in old school and then trying Metal Tooth instead of Urnum in this build. Um, and what ended up happening, um, Nick's tied in his Urnums. Now, naturally, those are really good blockers against me. If I have, like, multiple creatures every single time, he was like, Serendib has Forest Walk. Like, okay, sure, great. <laughs> like, you're not blocking anyway. Um, eventually, we got to a point where it was down to just, like, I think my Darylor and his Urnum. Um, and because he was playing Urnum, I was able to actually attack into him because he still had that Savannah up. Um, and that was oh, like, yeah, one of the... I, think, um, I had the outpost, but because you had, you had gotten rid of him somehow, because I was able to still make dudes to keep blocking. <laughs> oh, but then I get parallel force walk. That's what it was. Yeah. Yeah. Because when I dealt with it. Okay. Yeah. 
Yeah, you're right. That was the biggest issue. It was like once Nick had gotten rid of one of my creatures at least, then it meant that I was stuck with the one that he had to give the forest walk to. Um, and that was like the one spot where I was like, okay, this is the, the one big reason why I didn't want to play Ernum in this tournament was I didn't want to be in a situation where I had to give something forest walk and then I just lose to it. Um, so I got very, very lucky in that. Um, but that, you know, I, I honestly went into that match thinking, you know, Nick and I had pretty close games in our, in our batch pairings. So like, I, I would have seen that going either way, honestly, like Nick's deck, you know, has the ability to really take me down. And I think, again, Outpost is just insane. Like, that can build up so much team really quickly. And if he can just deal with my, like, threats when they come up, he doesn't have to worry so much about, you know, he can build a board state. He has such troll. He has, you know, a lot of good things going for him. So, you know, really going to that, I was not, like, overly confident, but I was still, like, I had to be cautious with it, you know? Did you play... Time Vault is unrestricted, right? I forget. Yes. It is. Did you? How many did you play? Two. I only played two because I really didn't want to go so all in on the combo. It was more so supplementary sure. to what I was doing with the creatures, and it just so happened that like Twiddle and Emerald Charm work really well with that, and so do just having like recalls and stuff. Uh, yeah. yeah. Really, I, I almost like I ran four recalls just because I could, but I I kind of came out of it thinking I didn't really need that many. I end up signing at least one out every single game and bringing in like city of solitude. Um, How was that for you? Um, <laughs> it eats disenchants. Yeah, that it does. <laughs> that, that was, I feel like it, it serves a purpose because it's eating a disenchant that my time vault won't eat later, but it, I mean, it also, it can have like some issues, but really like my deck is mostly sorcerer speed anyway. So yeah. like having like even one in the main board would have been a really big benefit um, just because it it really slows on your opponent, makes them take off more time on their turn. If I'm trying to go off, it means that I don't get disrupted, which is insane. Yeah, it puts those control players on their heels a little bit. Mm-hmm. So, Tim and Lorian, can you set up your final four match then? So we had David beating Roar in two to one. Is that correct? Uh, just two. Oh, two, two. Oh, okay, two. Yeah. All right. So then, meanwhile, on the other side, we had Lorian okay. and okay. Tim. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I remember game one, I started off on fire. I think I had a whole bunch of artifact mana. It was like Soul Ring, Thelwar Stone, and a Mox uh, coming out right away. And I powered out a Jam Daytone, I want to say. And I got two reads out of it before Lorian disenchanted it. And then we kind of traded back and forth creatures with creature removal for a little bit. And then I remember you sticking a Sarah Angel she was just she was just too much of a pain for me went the distance yeah that was uh dealt dealt most of the damage that game you know i don't know did you play like an armageddon or a balance that game the game one um yeah because i won that one and you won game two is that right yeah yeah i think what i did was um i like armageddon with zurin orb so i gained a whole bunch of life and I, I'm going to say I already had the Sarah Angel down. And then I basically just rode that to victory. So it, it took a few turns, but like I was so far ahead on life. I could just, I think I was taking hits from um, Wildfire Emissary. We were just like racing, but the Zuranor put me just far enough ahead that I could close the game before Tim could. That yeah. was a, yeah, that was a, that was a good one. 
and even with the artifact mana, I just I didn't have enough pumps for the wildfire with the army guide blowing up the lands. Because yeah. wildfire is what one and a red to to give it one one or one zero. Oh. Yeah, to give it one zero. Oh. Yeah, yeah. So it's pretty hungry, mana hungry. Yeah. Uh, what I don't I don't remember exactly what happened with game two though. I want to say I got a gritting totem down at some point in game two. Yeah, there was like a right, and I and I put out the um, energy flux. I was like really scared of grinning totem because he could like you know get a mana drain. I mean, I just have all the restricted cards, so you could just grab any of those. So I um, played an energy flux and maybe did something else, so he would have to deal with that or make a decision. He ended up using his grinning totem on my energy flux, which like wasn't great for me, but it was it also could have turned out a lot worse. Yeah, because he didn't get that far ahead. He just kept from falling behind. Yeah, right, right, right. But I think maybe he got another one at some point and uh, time-walked me. Yeah, and I think I did cast both in that game. One I, <laughs> nice. yeah. one for the disenchant, and then one I ended up grabbing the time-walk. Yeah, and, and you time had one or, two, one or two wildfire emissaries at the end of that game Yeah, that I couldn't really do anything about. So the only bummer about the grinning totem on a webcam is you don't get that ultra satisfying experience of grabbing your opponent's <laughs> deck and saying, what from your deck, what from your library do I want to play? You know, like getting yeah. to actually thumb through their cards. That's a hell of an experience. It was, but it was cool having people present their decks to me though. Yeah. That, okay. I, so, I did enjoy okay. that. <laughs> well, let's see what's okay. going on. They're, they're, they're shuffling through. Yeah, you know they're calling the highlights out themselves. Gotcha. I have gotcha. blast with it. Nice. Yeah, that's good stuff. So then, how did game three go down? Game three came down to I had a very slow hand. I can't remember exactly what it was, but I was just kind of like playing draw go. Uh, Tim was kind of the same way, but he ended up the big play was like what was it? Brain Geyser for eight. Mm. Yeah. I think it was maybe for six. Oh, right. And you went to eight cards in hand, so you had to discard. Yeah. yeah. And I had been sitting on the mind twist. I thought that he had a counter up, so I didn't want to mind twist him. And I was just like waiting and buying time, like waiting for him to do something. So then I mind twist for six. Uh, and then the game was over pretty soon after that because it was like... Um, you dropped a Sarah or two. Okay. Yeah, it was like it was like Sarah Angel Time Walk. Next turn, make my land drop uh, Daralor Armageddon. <laughs> He's like at sixteen, so yeah, he is. Yeah, yeah it went pretty quick from there. <laughs> yeah, that was that. Yeah, actually, my twist got Tim. We played um, in classic as well. And I got two games off of him during the tournament, just completely off of mind twist, just mm. twisted his hand away. Sucks to suck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those are pretty close though. I actually thought classic was pretty fun. It's a good, it's a good switch up. Yeah, it's very fast. I, I don't play vintage, so it kind of feels like it seems like maybe it's kind of vintage light, but for me it seems very fast because I'm not used to playing those kinds of cards. I would agree with that. I don't play much vintage either, or really any other than like. I think I played the one uh, Eternal Weekend trial with with you guys after um, after the uh, the players' ball last year. Um, mm. But yeah, it it was super fast for me too. Like I think again, Tim, especially like your deck was probably the fastest one I played uh, the entire week that we were playing Classic. 
And when it goes off, like, I mean, you, I think you had like an early Yawgmoth bargain against me and it was just game over. Yeah, yeah that's it. It's just like Mana Crypt, Dark Ritual, Bargain. I'll just draw like 19 cards. Should do it. Pretty much. Swoops. So that brings us into the finals then. So uh, David had beaten Roar 2-0, Lorian over Tim 2-1, and then we had the match of uh, David's uh, Berserk-Time Vault combo, mid-range creatures-Time Vault-Berserk combo versus Lorian's Esper good stuff. So how did that play out then? Um, did, did you guys broadcast it with anybody viewing in this time or not? <laughs> yeah, we had two We had two viewers, Greg, <laughs> Greg and, and Ian, Ian watching. Oh, in. man. <laughs> they didn't say anything. They, like, they just... <laughs> I, mean, I put them on mute the second that I that I opened up the stream. But, oh, like, okay. You just open up into the pit. Like, <laughs> you and, dudes and, hard up for content. <laughs> <laughs> okay okay <laughs> so how did it go um i got stomped pretty <laughs> oh okay <laughs> pretty handily by lorian it's just a ton of restricted cards i think the first game was kind of back and forth but it was just like oh i'll just ancestral and i'll also pick up like time walk and regrowth and just all of mm-hmm, the shit sure. it was just it was just like card advantage gone yeah plus Absolutely i think like insane. you would like managing my time walk and like I just wasn't able to really stick anything important onto the board. Um, so yeah. there was nothing really scryings relevant that happened. It was just power cards. Um, Lorian was playing tithe. That's that's scryings relevant. Oh yeah, yeah. So he got he got advan- card advantage that way then. Yeah, I was making my land traps really consistently. Uh, it Sarah Angel is easy to play with tithe. Mm. That, like you really I only kind of need one double tithe to get there. That was something I think I got very lucky with in batch one was that Lauren was the only person I saw who was playing Sarah because I could, I can stop over everyone else, but Sarah Angel is actually just a problem for me um, because I literally can't ever favorably like block with it. Like I can't, I'm not running giant gross. So I can't even like do that bluff anymore. Like I used to in old school. Yeah. Um, like it's literally just, it's a trade or, or nothing. And I I was even talking to Ian about this before um, I played Lauren. He's just like, yeah, just you know, just preserve Sarah if you run into it. Just preserve it every time. And as much as I love taking eight from Sarah Angels, um, I, I don't even think it mattered that in our two because I don't think we saw a Sarah. It was just Lorian got low on the ground early, and that was that was enough. Yeah, the first game was really decided by a lot of restricted cards, and then the second game was decided by one restricted card. I got to turn on the Library of Alexandria and like. Oh, okay, that's right. That's right. Like, I, I, it was a few turns of that, and then I just like, I just like squandered a Black Lotus playing a Daralor just because I was that far ahead, you know, just to get something out and was drawing the swords and. Yeah, that was that was an anticlimactic for sure. I that was that was like two. I am not sure I've ever drawn better in like a high, you know, quote unquote high stakes game than that it was just yeah it's just the nuts both times meanwhile greg's peeping from some unknown location (laughs) (laughs) well that's a wrap lauren i guess you're the defending two-time defending q cup champ yeah i'm surprised by that but you know i guess if you play restricted cards you uh win some games yeah with <laughs> with great power comes great win rate <laughs> pretty much 
Well, shit. Anything else on the Q cup stuff or are, are we looking at doing another one? Do you think we should retire it for a little bit or what? What's the, what's the opinions on that? The numbers have been going down quite a bit. Sure. Per, so we might get eight people if we did a fourth one. I kind of need a break. I was actually thinking if there's another one, I might step down. Yeah. At least for one. So, but, but, you know, also Kumite is coming up and that's and beyond that who knows what <laughs> a lot of empty miles of open road ahead of us yeah i don't know maybe we'll whip something up for this fall like roar had alluded to do something 95 oriented i pitched an idea of doing a 95 rotisserie but that went over like a lead balloon <laughs> but it was going to be it was going to be the dom memorial event so i guess we're not going to remember him you mean like a draft yeah yeah rotisserie draft I don't know. I feel like all of the, like, I'm, I'm happy to have had like the time to talk to you guys and to play games with you guys. Um, but at the same time, like, I think after a while, like online magic just gets exhausting. Um, even with like, you know, webcams being a little bit better. Like I was also playing like cockatrice magic with some of my friends. I picked up sure. arena for a little bit, which is just the worst thing in the world. Um, it's, it's fun for a little while. And then as you just find yourself like, hating your life while you're like playing like sealed and just losing to someone else's like pile of crap that happens to have like a million bombs in it. And it's, it's too much, man. <laughs> like I'm, I'm craving like having like actual physical magic again and having like those interactions again, but I am, I'm, I've been okay with having a break from like screen magic. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, maybe it's something we just let it let it rest here for the back half of summer, and then you know, after a month or so, people, I think, will be hankering for a game at some point. Mm -hmm. I mean, we've played a ton of online webcam magic, so for sure, it, you know, and too much of too much of any good thing is, you know, bad for you. I don't know any any other topics, any other anything else, any bones to pick. Roar, you've, you've always got a bone to pick. We can shut it down if you like. I don't care. <laughs> Let me tell you something mean, Gene. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, like I said, I want to play 95, so the next time we do it, I hope we do look like a fall brawl. And I, I mean, that would give us some time to breathe, you know. Maybe something before then, but still, like, that's just always my favorite event. 95, Ice Age is just like a nice touch. Like, Ice Age Homelands... Doesn't add a lot of new cards, but what it does add, you know, is it's, it's enough for me. Like it's good. I I like Ice Age a lot. That's yeah, one of my faves. I like Homeland a lot too. I mean, fuck. Like I feel like it's easy to say Homeland sucks, but like Autumn Willow is pretty good. Primal Order, pretty good. Well, that's just your contrarian streak coming out. There's well, those are fun that's cards. Pretty much <laughs> I ran out of cards. That was basically it. <laughs> um, what else? Did I, ever, I think it was just those two. Oh, uh, Serrated Arrows. Serrated Arrows is also good. That was in my sideboard and I never brought it in. But <laughs> I was actually going to, Roar, if you won the semifinals, I was going to bring it in against you. Just to make me like flip the table or like stand in off your power. <laughs> Bow down. Yeah. And his, his <laughs> Bow down before his big brain. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, a worthy opponent. 
All right. All right. I think, I think this is a good spot to wrap. I do want to um, do a shout out and roar. This actually goes to you specifically uh, you and Grant and Sanders for putting together that spectral chaos preview thing uh, that was our last up. So thanks for picking us up while Carter and I were on the sideline there. That turned out pretty good. But it's more on me for like carrying it, like on my back. (laughs) (laughs) It was, it was enjoyable. I I spun that and I, it was, it was kind of neat just wondering. um, I'm like, well, what's going to happen? Like I had no idea. Like I knew very little about the the project and, um, and plus it's like with those three knuckleheads, it's like anything could happen on the actual recording. So Uh, I really liked it too. It was, I feel like at the beginning, no one had really looked at it that much. So it was like, everyone yeah. was figuring out how yeah. shitty the cards were in real time. Oh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm so glad that set wasn't made. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, I will note that uh, several times Grant alluded to like, Oh, we'll just put an X or Y in the video and you can see it there. And then I asked him for the video and he never sent it to me. So that's, <laughs> that one's just going to have to sit in the vault. Zero. Yeah. So a typical Grant Bonehead maneuver there, but oh well. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, and then my last parting thought, we don't normally do this, but I'm going to dedicate a specific ending track to uh, Tyler Edders, who recently uh, moved away. He's out in LA and uh, Carter and I were working and, and little Greg, of course, were working on getting his place patched up or uh, packed up. And it was really mostly Greg and Carter. Um, I just did some manual labor on the loadout, but uh, you know, just sending out good vibrations to the West Coast to Mr. Edders, and we miss him. Absolutely, man. Yep. Cool. All right. Well, I'm going to hit the button. I think that's it. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Moss. Cool. Thanks, guys. Where the hell is that button? <laughs> oh, I'm going to hit the start record button? No, I'm just kidding.
on the wall they make me look up from her big brass bed now i'm running down the road trying to stay up somewhere